Welcome back. Glad you're with us. Thanks as always. The Bill Michael Show is on the air and uh, hour number two of the program. For all of you listening on uh, the vast and growing network all throughout the great state of Wisconsin, our friends in Madison, La Crosse, Eau Claire, Viroqua, Wausau. Can't forget about our friends in Menominee, Marinette, up there by Forgotten Fire Winery. And those that listen to us over at uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort, love those guys over there, Shawano, Clintonville, Rice Lake, on and on and on. We continue to grow. Uh, now we uh, bring in our buddy Jim Ozarski from uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covering the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, coming out back from Beantown. The Bucks have the series tied up at a game apiece, although they looked bad last night. Jimmy, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm, I'm good, Bill. So last night I said this is one of those games that, much like in football, you throw the tape away, you burn it. The only thing I take away from last night was the Bucks didn't hit their shots, and they have to play much better perimeter defense to defend the three. Other than that, uh, the Bucks just were off their game last night. Would you would you agree with that? Uh, I, I mean, offensively, you know, they um, uh, man, Bill, it, it's hard. It's hard to say. So offensively, they haven't been that great, obviously, since Chris Middleton went out. I mean, their defense has been so good that they've, up until last night, had blown out the Bulls and the Celtics. Like, you almost kind of forget that it's not like they're scoring 120 points a game, like we've kind of been used to. So the fact that they scored 89 was, and, and they continue to give Giannis problems was, okay, maybe a little um, extreme. But now on the other side of the ball, Bill, I mean, it, it was still 109 points. And it took Boston setting a franchise record and making threes. And Bill, we've, we've talked about this for years with Mike Boonholzer. They, other teams are going to have to make 23s <laughs> to beat the Bucks when they're really protecting the paint the way they are. And it happens. Mm-hmm. Um so I think you just saw two wild variances in games one and two where the Celtics set, what, a fran- a 75-year franchise record for fewest twos and then set a franchise record for most threes. Like, the rest of the series is probably going to be in the middle. So I don't know if it was like the Bucks were really off defensively as opposed to there was just wild variances in two games and, you know, maybe these next – two advice or forum are a little more in line with, you know, statistical norms. So uh, first of all, last night I thought you could clearly see, because everybody kept thinking, well, you know, maybe this team can survive without Chris Middleton. It's no big deal. They move the ball better. They shoot better. Chris Middleton's absence, never going to be felt. I disagreed heavily because he's a hell of a talent, and last night was the night that you could use Chris Middleton. You could have used that calming bucket. You could have used the ability to handle the basketball. They got sloppy with the basketball last night. Last night was the first time all postseason that I really felt that you you missed the presence of Chris Middleton. Yeah, it, and that's that's for sure. And honestly, Bill, I'm, I'm a. It was going to come eventually because you don't just lose a three time All Star and have mm-hmm. it not matter. Like the, that was going to catch up. <laughs> to the Milwaukee Bucks at some point. Um, and it's the offense. They've been able to really respond, Bill, with the defensive side of the ball, where where we have seen Middleton's absence now, if you zoom out, is Giannis Adetokounmpo has had the worst two games, back-to-back games, That that's the point, back-to-back playoff games since his very first one in 2015 against Chicago, which is almost, 
you got to throw that out the window. I mean, his first two games in the bubble against Orlando were not great, a little better than this. <laughs> first two games uh, against Boston, actually, in 2017, kind of similar. But, it, I mean, obviously those those you know were uh, pre-MVP in sort of a weird circumstance, right, it, it, down in Florida. And, and that's where the Chris Milton thing comes in because Giannis and Chris in that two-man game, Bill, it's – it's something you kind of take for granted, I think, when you've seen it for nine years. And I know mm-hmm. Bucks fans get mad at Chris and the way he sometimes turns it over, or they don't think his 18-footers are open. But they're open. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a Chris Middleton 18-footer off a pick and roll with Giannis is an open shot. And, and he makes those. And then, or his lob to Giannis. Like, that just opens things up in a way that even Drew Holiday can't do. So you're right, Bill. That That's... You can't replace that. That's not coming back. So I, I think for the Bucks in these next couple of days is how do you figure out to to free up Giannis a little more off pick and roll and give him a little more space um, that doesn't require him creating it. Giannis last night one for four beyond the arc, and uh, you know he he made one, but he fired up some bricks last night, and really at uh, kind of at moments in which I thought. He probably should have lowered his head and went in and or found somebody open on the outside because when he's not hitting his threes, it's just ugly. I mean, it's clangers, man. So it, last night, I thought Giannis was trying to go toe-to-toe with Tatum and Brown on the outside. He started out in that direction and just, it, thank God, somebody realized, hey, you can't keep doing this because that's when he finally t- started taking the ball back inside. He tends to do that at times. He tends to want to hit the big three, doesn't he? Yeah, it's and it's in there. It's it's part of his game. I think you can't look for for it's thirty percent on the season, but you go back and and look at the, the game in Brooklyn and over to, to send the game to overtime or win the game, Bill. Right? It's, it's a step back crossover three pointer, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he, he's at a point where he can make enough of those, you know, where where it's not a bad shot. And I think the fact that he'll like four is probably the most he's going to take at this point. Um, there was one corner three bill. He had to take it because in the flow of the offense, if he wouldn't have taken that shot, that just changed. It's almost like Bill in football where you kind of have to run it off guard be, and, and you just live with the one yard gain or the no gain because down the line, th- th- you know, in the fourth quarter that that has to be respected or that play fake might work. So, I don't know. You're right. He didn't have confidence necessarily, and that didn't look like it. But there were a couple that I I feel like they had to be taken. Um, and now to your other point, though, about about the rib, look, the, the Celtics have been so good at preventing him from finishing, which is strange to see. Um, he hasn't right. gotten to the freezer line. They're not calling a lot of fouls. He's missed some layups. So that's another thing where where for him, I don't know how you – you know, make that right. When you've got a couple of bodies hanging all over you, I don't think there's yeah. no way you could practice that, but that you're right, Bill, that, that is an important part of these next couple of games for the Bucks. So what adjustments do, cause we, it's all about adjustments. It's all about adjustments. It's all about runs. What adjustments do they make coming into game three? You know, it's funny. And, and your listeners are going to scream about this. We actually asked Mike Boonholzer about adjustments before game two. And he just kind of was like, I, yeah, there's a part of it, but it's really more about the players. It's not so much about scheme and, 
and things like that, which, you know, Bucks fans hearing from the head coach that he's not really into adjustments is <laughs> right. Like right. You, it, it, that's just that people go nuts with that. However, um, I, I wonder, look, the, the big lineup I think is good. I don't think you just not have Bobby Portis start because it didn't go well to start this game. I think maybe at the end of the game, Bill, we saw Pat Connaughton get to the rim a little bit. I mean, he didn't make any threes, but he got to the basket for some layups. I think Grayson Allen getting to the basket is important. So the reason why is that opens up some passing lanes for Giannis that it's not just pick and pop threes. There's more movement. The other adjustment are the threes, Bill. 18? This Bucks team averages, what, 30? 30 plus a game? Mm -hmm. Something like that? So I'm not saying take threes just for the sake of taking threes. But you're not in this NBA, you're not winning unless you make nine or 10 at least. So I don't, and I don't know if that's a scheme thing or if it's just a matter of, you know, being a little more aggressive. Pat Connaughton said, look, I passed up some shots on the pick and roll with Giannis because the the inclination is just give it to the big guy. So I think it's film, Bill. They're going to look back and say, Hey, take that shot. Because again, like we said earlier, later, that may open things up for Giannis in the paint. I'm talking with Jim Ozarski, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covering the Milwaukee Bucks. So game three coming up, it should be a packed house. It should be, and obviously it's a day game. It's a 2.30 game. you got the Admirals down there. The Deer District's going to be rocking. It looks like it's going to be decent weather. Not great, but decent weather. Uh, there should be a, a huge vibe and a huge wave of energy as the Bucks come back home for this one at the five-star forum on, on Saturday, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, look, it's... Uh... It's been a little bit, right? I mean, game five against the Bulls, and then that couple days off, another, yeah, it's, it's been a little bit. So you're going to have some pent up Bucks fans. And then, of course, you know, the fact that the team is coming off a, a loss. And, and look, the players are looking forward to it. You know, they, they, they really feel at home court. And, you know, the, the Bucks would, of course, love to be up 2 0, but they did get one. You know, they flipped the home court. So if, if they come in and can kind of do their job, um, you know, all the better for them. So yeah, I think uh, Saturday afternoon should be should be a good one. Then they come fast and furious, Bill. Like almost every other day at that point, the games. Yep, yep, no doubt. Um, and before I let you go, I also want to ask you a little bit about Boston because Boston's Marcus Smart is ailing right now. Do we expect him back in this next upcoming game, or is this going to be a game time decision? Uh, they might wait till the game, but Ime Odoka, the Celtics head coach, seemed to believe that these three days off are going to do. Marcus Smart well. I mean, it was a a deep enough bruise where his, his thigh swelled up. Um, so that's that's not a small thing, um, and, right? So right. I'm not going to assume that he'll play, but three days off for sure. Whatever treatments you can have to kind of work that stuff out, I'm, I'm sure will benefit him. But I think we'll know closer to tip. How, real quick, the other aspect of this, I know that I saw something go across the crawl on the news the other day. Uh, are we not expecting at all Chris Middleton to come back in this series? I know I saw him shooting last night. He had a great big ice bag on his knee, wasn't moving hardly at all. Do we look for him to be back at all in this series? Or are we really kind of thinking if they get past the Celtics, it's most likely the Eastern Conference Finals? Right. It, man, Bill, it's a gray area. And you, you've covered enough Packers games and MCLs, right, where it's, it's, it's almost purely individual. I mean, it feels like, look, today is two weeks. 
and today's the reevaluation day. Now, we don't know what that means. Is that another MRI? Is that a different kind of workout? And then they reset and recalibrate? That I don't know, but just we just said, with these games coming fast and furious, I don't think these two games at home are on the table at all. Um, game seven, a potential game seven, though, that's another week and a half away. So I, you can see where I'm leaning. I feel like the conservative estimate is to say, hey, Bucks, you're going to have to do this without him again and then see where it's at for these, uh, you know, potential Easter Conference final. That's, that's my gut, just having been around them, but I don't have anything really firm yet. As reevaluation is coming some point today. Jim, always good, my friend. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk again soon, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel, joining us for a couple of minutes talking about that Bucks game last night. The Bucks uh, not coming out victorious against the Boston Celtics. As a matter of fact, pretty much getting blown out in the first half and scrambling just to come back in the second half. One of the things the Bucks held their, uh, kind of hung their hat on last night after the game, and we're going to hear more from the Bucks coming up uh, after the break, but was the fact that it was really a game after they were down 25. After they were getting drilled and they decided to play some basketball, then it became a game. But they got down so fast and so early and so deep that they just couldn't climb out of the hole last night. So we're going to hear some from inside the locker room when we come back. Also, bottom of the hour, don't forget, we're going to talk some hockey. For those of you that are hockey fans, this is it. This is it. Come on out of the woodwork. We're going to talk some hockey when we uh, get to the bottom of the hour. Aaron Sims of the Milwaukee Admirals is going to be joining us. We'll talk with him about what went on in the NHL last night, the series that are going to be the hottest, hotly contested, who's the favorites coming out of both conferences. Also, the Milwaukee Admirals, Manitoba Moose are coming to town. Manitoba Moose are coming to town on Friday and on Saturday. Downtown Milwaukee, they're going to be playing on Friday and Saturday night at the UW Panther Arena. Get your tickets now. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. You want to see some good hockey action, fun hockey action, playoff hockey action, get down there and check it out. That is the MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. We'll talk with Aaron Sims coming up here shortly. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. We've got some announcements coming up involving Wisconsin Harley-Davidson coming up on this Friday. We're going to officially make our announcement for the motorcycle ride this year, everything that it has to offer, uh, almost everything. We've got a surprise this year that we're not, uh, I don't think we're going to tell you what it is. You got to see it. But we have got uh, the pre-registration is going to be opening up on Friday as well. And we're going to do a lot like we did last year in anticipation of the pre-registration. So that is coming up as well. So we got a lot of cool things for our charity. It's all benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. Uh, FisherHouseWI.org you can go to coming on Friday and start to get all the information there. But you can also follow it. I've got a link to uh, the uh, the uh, Fisher or the uh, uh, Facebook page over on my uh, my Facebook page. But you can follow it up on the motorcycle ride coming up on Sunday, September 4th. Put it on your calendar, and it's going to be a big part to do with our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to WISHD.com. That's WISHD.com, and it's in conjunction with their announcement which, by the way, hint, hint, is 119 days away from the celebration of the 119th anniversary of Harley-Davidson. So we got a lot coming up. Compliments of our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. If you're looking for a bike to ride this summer or maybe some lessons or maybe you've never ridden before or you want to take a refresher course or you want motor clothes or you want parts, accessories, service, whatever it happens to be, go to WISHD.com. That is WISHD.com. Again, WISHD.com. Dot com. Stay tuned. Also, also, 
you're going to hear some things about about what PJ really wanted to say. Not kidding. Not kidding. PJ Tucker. Going to hear about that coming up as well. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show continuing on. If you're going to do some grilling, tailgating season is here. Check out our buddy Paul Roberts. Roberts Specialty Meats downtown in Waukesha. Really on Sunset. Uh, but it's in Waukesha. All you got to do is robertspecialtymeatswaukesha.com. And uh, whether it's the sausages, which are fantastic, the ribs on a stick, great for grilling. He's got some beautiful steaks down there as well. And he's your hometown butcher, and they price it right. They're not gouging you like a lot of the big box stores. Go see Paul Roberts. Quality for your money. And a tremendous selection of burgers and chops and steaks and sausages and specialty made items. And they cater. If you got a say a golf event or something coming up, they cater. Check out our friends at Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. That's Roberts Specialty Meats Waukesha.com. PJ Tucker, this is interesting. And I, I I've always said PJ Tucker brought that junkyard dog mentality. That that physical in the mud mentality that we will not be denied. There's something that he had that physically and the ability athletically, you know, fans poo pooed. Ah, no big deal. They're going to be fine without PJ Tucker, but there's a mentality that he brought a veracity that he brought that I just don't think a lot of people could ever bring. And, you know, Bobby Portis kind of has some of that in him, but really the lead dog was P.J. Tucker because he played like Darvin Ham minutes. P.J. Tucker came in, you know, going back to the days when Darvin Ham was a player for the Bucks. he came in, he brought down a backboard, he brought down a rim, he committed two of the most egregious fouls you could ever possibly have. He fired a team up, got some boards, got a couple of assists, and then he was done on the bench. He's six, six, seven, 10, 12 minutes tops. I mean, it's just, but it was always these exciting minutes. P.J. Tucker was that guy. When you needed a guy last night, and Jalen Brown was hitting shots. P.J. Tucker was the guy that would have been on him. He would have. They would have said, "Go get him, go get him, frustrate the hell out of him." That would have been the guy. That would have been what they did last night. So P.J. Tucker was asked, uh, "He quote, I'm curious as to why you weren't able to re-sign with the Bucks after winning a championship with them last season." P.J. Tucker had this to say. He said, "Look at Andre Iguodala. He's right back at Golden State. He left. He was in the shade for a minute." But he's right back. I feel like every player wants that. That home where everybody loves you and you can go back and it's love. I felt like I was building that in Milwaukee. And then then to win it all, it was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And they just weren't going over the luxury tax. It, it was just that. It is what it is. They love you and whatever, but they weren't going to go over the luxury tax. They felt like they could replace me, and they did replace me. He goes on to say, even as a vet being around, it's like, all right, you effing replace me? Cool. You figure it out, and that's just what I had to do. And for me, it wasn't even about the money. It was more about the respect because they basically told me to go find an offer, and they would match it. After hearing that for me, I'm not coming back. Even if I have to take less money, to me, that was disrespectful. Soon, So as soon as they said that, I told my agent, Andre, basically, we're moving on. 
Whatever we get out of that, that's what we're going to do. Uh, he said, I love everybody. I appreciate everybody. The Bucks fans were amazing. I never expected Milwaukee to be like Milwaukee was. And that whole championship experience, there was nothing like it. Uh, I know I can go into any restaurant, any bar in Milwaukee, and be good. I can go to any bar, any restaurant in Milwaukee, and I got a home. That is bigger and better than anything Bucks related If I got the people, the people love me, and they respect what I brought and what I did, that is everything. I've played there twice now. The love now is not, like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. That is from P.J. Tucker. So basically, he was just told, we're not, gonna, we're not going over the luxury tax. And in hearing that, in reading that, on one hand, I get it. You know, I, 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 I get it. I understand it, you know, that, you know, he wanted to, to come back and he wanted to be a part of something special. On the other hand, I didn't understand when the Bucks made the commitment to Giannis. And they said, we are going to get you this. And luxury tax be damned, this is what we're going to do. We are going to go out and do anything and everything we can to win a championship consistently while we have Giannis here. Okay? Right? Why would you not bring BJ or PJ Tucker back? PJ Tucker, his contract wasn't that huge. PJ Tucker was, you know, I mean, you, you don't bust up chemistry because of money. And when you do, it's very hard to rebuild chemistry because of money. He signed for two years. with the Heat. So basically, 7.185 or something crazy like that, or 7.717. 7.1 a year, almost 7.2 a year, million. Come on. Come on. You just won a championship. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? That's and I know there's Bucks fans out there that are hardcore that say you didn't need them, don't need them, no big deal. But there is something to be said for chemistry, and you don't mess with chemistry. You just don't do it. All the time you hear about guys talking about uh, general managers talking about we've got a great locker room, we've got a great clubhouse. You know that's one of the first things that's with any team that's winning. That's one of the things that are said first. Boy, this year, you know, Rodgers has said it. When he felt like things were coming together, it was when the locker room all of a sudden became one. And everybody was loving everybody. Everybody was just enjoying coming to work. It was fun. You pushed each other to get better. I'm not saying that the Bucs aren't like that now. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, is you took the chemistry you had coming off of a championship run and you changed it. And sometimes when you do that, you can't then turn around and go, okay, we're going to do the exact same thing, but we're going to do it different. Because sometimes you can't do that. It's tough to win year in and year out. I agree with that. But sometimes you just don't change that chemistry. 877-867-1670. Like I said, coming up here a little bit later on, we're going to hear some from inside the locker room last night. 
and uh, and we'll get into all of that discussion and hear about what some of the Bucks had to say and Coach Budenholzer had to say after the loss last evening and getting ready for game uh, game three back here at the Pfizer Forum coming up on Saturday. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state and beyond the borders. And if you want to give them a call, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. They have got some new procedures, uh, specifically some new uh, some new um, uh, capability, I guess is the best way to put it, when it comes to the weight loss, testosterone replacement, and, and things. I was just over there the other day, and, and they were kind of explaining some of the things to me. A lot of new innovations, a lot of new uh, ability to help you help yourself. So you can't do anything if you don't call 414-455-4451, 414-455-4451. That's the new mail medical center. You can't do anything if you don't call for all their locations, 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. Coming up next. We're going to go ahead and talk some Milwaukee Admirals hockey and some NHL hockey. Our buddy Aaron Sims from the Admirals is going to join us next on the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If by chance you are heading downtown to Milwaukee this weekend uh, and you're going to take in maybe, uh, you know, maybe the the Bucks game, Admirals game, maybe you're going to go someplace and watch the Kentucky Derby, whatever it happens to be, check out our friends at MKE Brewing. That's MKE Brewing right there on 9th Street. And we're going to be down there, as a matter of fact, for a motorcycle ride again this year. That's where we're going to start. And they've been great to us, but uh, I had a few of those over the weekend, as a matter of fact. I had some outboards. And uh, and enjoyed some of those, uh, some of the classic ones for summer coming up. But stop into MK Brewing. They do beer tastings. They do brewery tours. There's uh, the the rooftop uh, patio. I got to think we're only, if not this weekend, then weeks away from this thing opening. Their rooftop patio is beautiful. It overlooks the Pfizer Forum uh, just uh, a block away. And it's really cool. It overlooks the skyline of, of, uh, of the city. So head down to MKE Brewing, 9th Street downtown milwaukee and enjoy yourself some beverages and bottle house 42 is right next door and uh, they'll get you all kinds of fine food in in there and they have tvs and such everywhere so if you want to go in there and catch the game you could even plant yourself on one of the stools and hang out for a little while but uh, that's mke brewing downtown milwaukee on 9th street thanks to them for being a part of the program as always uh let's do this because uh we gotta we gotta talk some hockey we got to get into some hockey chatter. Our buddy Aaron Sims, the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals, joining us on the line as we are now into the postseason hockey portion of the season. Aaron, how you been, man? I'm doing great, Bill. Great to talk to you. It is uh, the Manitoba Moose coming to town, and I, I want to talk about this team specifically. They started off on fire, uh, had a few bumps in the road, but I firmly believe that a couple of years ago when COVID hit, this team was on its way to a Calder Cup. Give me the lowdown on this team heading into the postseason now. Yeah, the Admirals really felt like they had something special a couple of years ago, obviously, and and COVID hit, and it didn't get the chance to play in the tournament. Not that they would have won the championship, but they just want to get to the dance and see what happens. And uh, a lot of teams, I think, felt cheated that year. Um, 
So now we fast forward after not playing last season because of COVID restrictions. Uh, the Admirals back at it. Um, they started the first game of the season. They were lights out, and but then they go five, twelve, and one. Sixteen new players trying to establish trust with the coach. All of this stuff. Things are not going well. It's. It, it, it was a struggle, but after December 1st, the team played at a pace of about 655 uh, winning percentage, finished third. Uh, they wanted to finish as high as they could in the Central Division, and um, you know, found found some young players, found some key players along the way. And it's uh, a guy like Cody Glass, former sixth overall pick by the Vegas Golden Knights. He's come back from an injury. A couple of years ago, he's getting back into into shape, into position, and uh, I don't think we'll see him after this postseason run. He's been magnificent. Um, it's it's going to be a fun series. I'm looking forward to it. Against Winnipeg, against Manitoba, I should say this year, the Admirals won five out of the 12 games. Uh, very tight series. The two losses were in overtime, so uh, it's gone back and forth. The Admirals won three of six in Winnipeg, two of six in Milwaukee, so um, it's... It, it, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be tight, and uh, I can't wait. I mean, first time we've had playoff hockey in three years, so I'm excited for it. So, I and I completely agree. I, I look at the season series, you're right, and they did not win the season series, but they had some hard-fought games and some overtime games. In the postseason, you know, it's not usual where you see the, uh, you know, the fights and then a hockey game breaks out. It's just the opposite. You have a hockey game and everybody tries to control themselves because it can have ram- ram- ramifications down the stretch. Are these two teams extremely physical with one another? Yes. Yes, they are. And, you know, the way it played out this season, because teams are trying to, um, well, teams are concerned about costs. So the travel w- was not like it has been in the past. Uh, the Admirals played Chicago 14 times this year out of 76 games. They played Manitoba 12 times out of 76. Grand Rapids 12. Um, so you ended up developing rivalries no matter what because you saw the same teams over and over again in the American Hockey League that's not exclusive to Milwaukee or the teams I mentioned it that's just how it went this year as teams were concerned about losing even more money coming off of uh, really not doing anything the last couple of seasons so um, the schedule was a lot tighter Uh, the Admirals only played eight teams out of the 31 in the American Hockey League the Admirals being the ninth team I guess so uh, didn't play 22 teams this year Um, and again that's not exclusive to Milwaukee so they develop this hatred and this rivalry and this nastiness and uh, it's uh, we saw a fight in the NHL in Calgary and Dallas and uh, I love what Daryl Sutter said he's uh, the head coach of Calgary he says that's what we want we want physical play we expect physical play we expect emotional play and I think you're going to get that in this first round series I think it's it's going to be a whale of a series I'm, I'm I can't wait I can't wait so let's do this. I want to go to the NHL because we've got a lot of NHL fans as well. So last night, everybody's talking about the Penguins and the Rangers game. Yeah. Late in that game, Rangers, at least what they thought scored was the winning goal, and instead it gets wiped off the board. Goalie gets pushed out of the way, mainly due to his own guy, his own defenseman, shoving a Rangers player into him, then taking the uh, goalie out. Was was that the right call? Uh, yeah, it's you know it's it's hard to justify it. I'm not a fan of referees anymore, Bill. <laughs> I guess let's go there. Um, you know, when they go to when when they make a call uh, and it goes to video, it, it's hard to argue. Uh, anytime a goalie gets bumped, it's hard to argue. That's just the way it is. It's like hitting the quarterback. Um, anytime somebody gets in the way of the most important player on the field or on the ice, it, the call is usually going to go in that person's favor and that team's favor. So, uh, was it the right call? I 
it's the call they made. So, you know, I, I, again, they try to protect those guys as best they can and give them the benefit of the doubt. So um, we'll, we'll let it slide. Uh, but the Rangers need to score. I mean, they've, they've got the best goalie in the world right now, and they need to put more pucks in the net than, uh, than, what, than what they did. Obviously, they lost the game, but um, they, need to, they need to get the puck passed. You know, Pittsburgh is potentially on its third-string goaltender here coming into the next game. So they need to get after it. They need to get after it if they want to win that series. Pittsburgh, or excuse me, uh, Nashville, the Predators last night, they got drilled. They were down 5 to nothing early on. It was just ugly, and then finally they uh, kind of staved it off and ended up playing to a tie in the second and third period, but ultimately lost 7-2. to They now trail that series one game to nothing. They are the parent, uh, parent team for the Milwaukee Admirals. So talk about the Predators this season. Well, they had a, gr- a very good season, a lot better than what a lot of people expected. Uh, I did not expect them to be a playoff team. I did not expect them... They ended up with the second wild card, I guess, which which isn't that great necessarily. But at the same time, I I think a lot of teams had them pegged for the lottery. So uh, they had a, a fantastic year from Tanner Janot, uh, who unfortunately, despite leading all rookies in scoring and goals this season, uh, probably will not get many many votes for rookie of the year because of the the flashiness and the abilities of some other players including Mo Sider in Detroit and who who is very deserving of the award um UC Saros though was hurt and he was the number one goaltender and when you go into a series and and there's a a big difference between Saros as number one and Dave Riddick as number two and it's not really a slight against Dave Riddick but at the same time it is and he's just not good enough and I don't think Nashville has the goaltending to get through we saw it last night uh he gave up five goals Riddick did in the first period in the first 15 minutes um and I saw today that the expected goals on those chances was 0.87. So he gave up four bad goals in that group. Uh, Connor Ingram came in. He'd been with Milwaukee all season. He led the American Hockey League in games and shutouts and was magnificent for the Admirals this year. He stops 30 of 32 the rest of the way. They need to go with Connor Ingram in game two because I think the uh, the confidence in big save Dave is is not there from the boys in front of him. And if the players don't have confidence in the guy who's in the net, if the guy who's behind the plate, the guy who's under center, it's hard for everybody to get going. That's It's the most important position in hockey, and if there's no confidence in that guy, the rest of the team just can't perform. That's It's as simple as that. That being said, Nashville needs to be a lot better up front, too, because Colorado is a great team. Colorado is the favorite. Colorado flexed its muscles last night and proved why it's the favorite. But Nashville needs a better showing up front, but they also need to get some saves from the goaltender, which they did not have last night. Over in the Eastern Conference, uh, it's the most bizarre thing, but the teams from Florida seem to be the the best, the Panthers and the Lightning. Both teams unbelievably good. Tampa Bay trying to grab themselves another Stanley Cup. In the meantime, you've got over out west where a lot of people fell in love with the Golden Knights in their first year, and they win a Stanley Cup. They get eliminated from postseason action. How far, you know, and how many times have changed. But give me your thoughts on some of the teams coming out of the East and Florida looking like one of the best all season long. Yeah, Florida was surprised by Washington here in, the, in that first game. Um, you know, they got a, a great performance from Sergei Bobrovsky, and that was a question for them. Like, Florida, 
had the most goals per game in the National Hockey League. They can score. They they do a lot of great things, and the goaltending has stepped up, at least it did in the postseason here. Uh, Bobrovsky was tied for first in wins with Vasilevsky of Tampa, um, but the question was, could Sergei Bobrovsky be the goaltender to lead them to a long playoff run? He'd had a couple of down seasons since signing a huge free agent deal in Florida. Uh, he looked great. Um, they just didn't get the job done. Florida was 39-0-1 this year when leading after two periods, and they ended up losing. They were up 2-1 to after two periods. They ended up losing 4-2. to So um, I'm, I'm a little surprised. I still think Florida comes back. That being said, whoever the, it's been proven over the years uh, the winner of the first game in the play in the first round of the playoffs wins 69 percent of the time uh, over the last couple of years. So uh, it's uh, it, it needs to uh, it, it, game one win is a big deal. And now shifting to Tampa. That being said, they've lost three. Uh, they've lost the first game three times. They've won three series the last two years. Let me get, let me be straight on this here. They've won three series the last two years when they've lost the first game. So I'm not worried about Tampa, and I still think. Um, Tampa's king of the hill. Like you have to push Tampa off. They're the defending two-time defending champion. I still think Tampa is the team to beat. I still think Vasilevsky's up there. I know Shesterkin and in, in with the Rangers has kind of taken over as the league's best goaltender. But but Vasilevsky's won two straight titles. It's it's hard to say that he's not. So I still like Tampa, uh, even though they're playing a, a very good Toronto team. I, I guess Toronto. I'm just waiting to see if they can push past. 55 years of of choking and uh right. that, that's going to be interesting to see whether they can do it you know think about it toronto hasn't done anything since uh since we added more than six teams in the national hockey league so it, it's going to be interesting to see what the maple leafs if they can do that if they can win that series boy toronto's got a got a got a good team they they can score goals they can you know i'm, I'm just i question their their goaltending a little bit but if they get through that series with Tampa and, and they win that series, then I don't think we can question the goaltending anymore. Real quick before I let you go, give me the uh, do you have a statistic on those who win the first game or lose the first game in the first round of the AHL playoffs? <laughs> you know, I don't because it's so strange. Um, it, it, the series, depending on travel, like with, with the distance between Milwaukee and Winnipeg, um, the Admirals host the first two, even though they're the, the lower seed the visiting team but they get to host the first two and the final three if all are necessary are in winnipeg so it's hard to do that series had we played chicago in the first round we would have gone two two and one uh back and forth back and forth or two you know um so it's it's really hard to figure that stat out because i don't know that it's it's fair to do with with the the home team not necessarily being the home team for game one Mm mm-hmm Always great to talk to you, Aaron. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, look forward to talking to you more down the stretch, and uh, especially if they end up hoisting a Calder Cup. We I, Tell Wojo, I've been trying to get a hold of him. We need to be down there doing the show. That we need a great. show down there like before one of the playoff games. If So if you guys advance, we want to be there before uh, game one of the second round of the series. So let awful. him know. That's, I've been yeah, trying to get a hold of that man. He's like the wind, man. He's always gone. <laughs> I will do. Yeah, Friday night at home, Saturday at 6 at home at uh, Panther Arena. And um, you're down there for the Bucks. Come on over and see us after the game on Saturday. Hopefully we see two wins back-to-back downtown Milwaukee. Good stuff, buddy. We'll we talk go. to you soon. Thanks, pal. Take care. Thanks so much. There you go. Aaron Sims, the voice of the Milwaukee Admirals and a hockey enthusiast through and through. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at AaronAdmirals.com, at AaronAdmirals.com. 
Uh, you can find him over there on Twitter and uh, say hi to him. But go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. And uh, grab your tickets uh, because playoff ox- uh, hockey action begins on Friday night downtown. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. program the bill michaels show we continue on and uh, brought to you by our good friends over there at stenny's if you're going to go downtown this weekend maybe you want to take a shuttle over whether it's uh, the brewers game tonight maybe tomorrow during the day how about the weekend if you're going to head over to a uw panther arena to catch the admirals the bucks or you're just going to go someplace and watch the game that's our friends at stenny's go to second and national and walker's point and uh, stop in tell them we said hi but you can also take the shuttles to the game stop in before and after and have yourself some great wings, the Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread, one of the best Bloody Marys you're ever going to put in your grill. And uh, you can catch all the games there as well. So stop in and see our friends over there at Stenny, second and National Walker's Point, and, uh, and tell them we said hi. So uh, Bucks coming up this weekend, obviously. Uh, you've got Admirals hockey. But I want to talk some Brewers baseball as well. Brewers get a nice win yesterday. Brewers right now, uh, when you, uh, when you, uh, you know, look at the record, obviously, uh, the Brewers right now up in the standings, and, you know, obviously we talked a little bit about the schedule yesterday, and it's not an overly difficult schedule throughout the month of May. They are 16-8, and eight, two and a half games now up on the St. Louis Cardinals. But more so, you look at the remainder, uh, Pittsburgh is 9-13, and 13, Chicago 9-14. and 14. The Cincinnati Reds, the, the meme that went up today that I thought was interesting coming out of that town was that Joe Burrow in one month had four wins, and in one month the Cincinnati Reds can only muster three. That's how bad Cincinnati is. Tyler Maley, and I mentioned this earlier, and I, I apologize for not getting, a, getting to it. Tyler Maley, um, one, if you ever face him again, and then the Brewers are going to face him, obviously, this guy, he can't throw. And they are right now the the you know the Reds fans. When you look at uh, uh, the the uh, the pitching coach down there, Derek Johnson, who used to be with the Brewers, he took Lee Tunnel down there with him. Derek Johnson is taking all kinds of heat. Remember, Derek Johnson was this this whisperer, and and rightfully so because he had a ton of success here in Milwaukee, and when he left. And didn't kind of want it's 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 interesting. So th- this is the quandary I have because Derek Johnson and Lee Tunnel were considered these like bullpen whisperers, okay, pitching whisperers. They they had all the technology, they had all the thought and all the insight and all the stuff that they, they did. And there was a we're not seeing eye to eye with David Stearns and Craig Council and such. I don't know what the inside scoop was specifically, but. They didn't leave on the best of terms. They were basically said, told, you know, yeah, philosophically, we're, we're going to go ahead and make a change. And when that happened, with all the success that the pitching staff had, I was like, wow, boy, those guys are 
They're good. And they were just the praises that were being sung about them by the pitching staff, by the members of the pitching staff. I thought, wow, that's that might end up being a big loss. And then the next year, the pitching staff was a little off. They weren't nearly as as good as you had hoped. And they eventually morphed into being a pretty good staff. And you thought, okay. And now you look at it, and you got the development of Woodruff. You got the de- development of Freddie Peralta, the development of, of Corbin Burns. Josh Hader has basically been completely lights out. You know, you talk about some of the guys that they brought along, and it, it's really turned into a good pitching staff. And you wonder, was it the coaches or is it the system? Sometimes it can be the system by which guys work in. And the analytics with which David Stearns and, and Craig Council and company like to manage the ball club. Now you take you fast forward. Derek Johnson in Cincinnati is absolutely positively taking a beating, a beating. Tyler Maley, one of their better pitchers, you know, uh, um, Gutierrez is supposed to be coming back off the IL, but um, one of their better pitchers. This guy can't throw strikes to save his life. I wouldn't swing a bat if I went up there against Tyler Maley. Not for the first three or four pitches. He can't throw strikes. Every breaking ball he throws is in the dirt. How many times last night did he throw a ball that bounced prior to the plate? And he ends up yesterday in that contest He um, between the Brewers and the Reds. He ends up throwing over 90 pitches in four innings. I mean, it was like every batter he faced. 92 pitches, 50 for strikes, which is terrible. Um. Every batter he faced, it was like he was going to three and two on. It was amazing. Derek Johnson. So it just I, I wanted to take a look back because I remember when Derek Johnson and Lee Tunnel left and you thought, oh, boy, if you're the Brewers, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's that's not a good thing. And then sometimes it's the system in which they they. So going back to and how this relates to what I'm going to talk about coming up in the next hour. I'm going to talk some hitting because I want to get into that. But Derek Johnson, Lee Tunnel, they leave. They've had a lot of success in Milwaukee. They go to Cincinnati, and it's been nothing, nothing in comparison like they had when they were here in Milwaukee. So is it the coach or is it the system, which then relates to the opposite side? It relates to hitting. I want to get into that just a little bit, see if you agree with me. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe. 